Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, January 24th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Illinois' 15,000 unionized home-based child care workers are pushing for higher wages and retirement benefits. Advocates say they are essential to the entire economy. The child care workforce is really the workforce behind the workforce. We'll report on those who care for other people's children in their homes in just a few minutes. Several members of the Missouri Freedom Caucus have been stripped of committee chairmanships by the leader of the state Senate. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports the action follows a more than eight-hour filibuster last week that blocked 25 gubernatorial appointments. The members stripped from their committee chairmanships are Republicans Rick Bratton, Bill Eigel, Denny Hoskins, and Andrew Koenig. Speaking after Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Brown's announcement of the committee changes, Bratton said he was, quote, tired of all the games being played. I think it's a, a show of inability to lead. Um, you know, a, a pro tem that comes to the floor last week and says he's never been punitive yet on full display before you uh, shows the ultimate display of being punitive. Last Thursday, the Freedom Caucus filibustered for over eight hours to hold up the approval of 25 gubernatorial appointments. Members of the caucus held them up because they want the Senate to move faster on making it harder to amend Missouri's Constitution. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Governor Mike Parson will deliver his final State of the State address today. The annual speech to a joint session of the Missouri legislature gives Parson a chance to outline his priorities for the year. In the past, he has used it to call for a rebuilding of Interstate 70, raises for state employees, and investments in workforce development. St. Louis Public Radio will carry this afternoon's speech starting at 3. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is at odds with another Republican statewide official, overtaking Missouri out of a multi-state service aimed at ensuring the accuracy of voter rolls. State Auditor Scott Fitzpatrick's report criticizes Ashcroft for removing Missouri from the Electronic Registration Information Center. Fitzpatrick says Ashcroft did not evaluate the benefits of staying in the program known as ERIC. And I understand the, the reasoning that he's provided for wanting to withdraw from ERIC, but it's also, I think, important to, to note the changes to the information the local election authorities have access to as a result of the decision. Ashcroft says he weighed getting out of the registration program for more than a year and did take the consequences of the action into account. One person has been arrested after a group of protesters demanding a ceasefire yesterday in the war between Israel and Hamas disrupted St. Louis County Council proceedings. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports. The protest involving about 100 people began during a period allowed for public comment on items on the council's agenda. On Tuesday, that included a resolution marking International Holocaust Remembrance Day. A speaker decried the modern use of the word Holocaust as dismissive of the harms inflicted on imperialized nations, then led the crowd in a series of chants. Chairwoman Shalonda Webb recessed the meeting and asked the chambers to be cleared. The one arrest was of a person who refused to leave. The council will finish up its meeting Friday afternoon. It will be virtual, and comments must be submitted ahead of time. I'm Rachel Lippman.
St. Louis Public Radio. A judge is not allowing a former St. Louis alderman to get out of prison early. Jeffrey Boyd is serving three years for fraud and taking bribes. The Post-Dispatch reports Judge Stephen Clark has ruled Boyd should not be released before the end of the sentence. He did not give a reason. The newspaper reports Boyd made the request following a change in federal sentencing rules. Boyd, former board president Louis Reed, and ex-alderman John Collins Muhammad were also sentenced to prison for the fraud and bribery scheme. Southwest Airlines will now carry the opioid overdose reversal drug naloxone on flights. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports a St. Louis area man has been advocating for that change after witnessing an overdose in 2022. Baldwin resident John Gall and his wife were on a Southwest flight from St. Louis to Las Vegas when a person in another seat showed signs of an overdose. Gall, the in-flight crew, and several medical professionals on board helped revive the man. Gall says it's because they administered naloxone he and his wife carry with them. He's been pushing for airlines to carry the drug ever since. You know, people uh, who had had experiences kept calling it the Lazarus drug. Well, I, I experienced it firsthand. I saw someone come back to life. United, Alaska Air, and other airlines already have naloxone on flights. Southwest officials say they're also updating their kits with auto-injectors of epinephrine for flight staff to use in case someone has an allergic reaction on board. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri Botanical Garden president is stepping down. Peter Weiss Jackson has led the organization for 14 years. He will transition to president emeritus after a new leader is chosen. The Missouri Botanical Garden will work with an international firm to search for the next president. The Garden's Board of Trustees chair says there is no specific time frame for the transition. (music) Illinois provides free or affordable child care to low-income families, including at-home-based daycares. More than 15,000 of those providers are in contract negotiations with the state. They are bargaining over pay and retirement as more workers leave the field because of low wages and lack of benefits. Esther Yunji Kang reports on what advocates call the workforce behind the workforce. Larissa Learning Lab is a home-based daycare in the Chatham neighborhood on Chicago's south side. And owner Bridget Vance is multitasking on a Friday morning. It's okay. What are you going to build? The 57-year-old comforts a toddler who is under the weather while building blocks with two other little ones. That's a tall tower. Wow, what color is that? This daycare center serves between 6 to 10 kids on any given weekday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Vance is passionate about taking care of children. They're precious and they're a gift from God. And every child deserves to be treated with love, dignity and respect. But it hasn't been easy over the last 25 years. After all, she runs a business. There's utilities, staff, benefits, taxes to pay. Vance has held side jobs and used credit cards to make ends meet. Well, let's just say monthly a couple of thousand dollars. That's what I take home. You can actually get public assistance with that amount. And I just think that that's a disgrace. She says it's hard to save money, and she has no retirement or pension plan in place. 
Vance is among more than 15,000 home-based child care providers in Illinois who are part of the state's child care assistance program. That program gives struggling families free or close to free child care. Now these providers are in the middle of contract negotiations with the state over retirement plans, training, and most importantly, pay in the form of the state's rates per child. Vance and others say many providers make close to or less than minimum wage. The childcare workforce is really the workforce behind the workforce. That's Bryn Seibert with SEIU Healthcare Illinois, the union that represents Vance and thousands of other home-based childcare providers. She says if the child care assistance program is to help struggling parents, it has to do right by the child care professionals who change diapers, read books, and play with preschoolers on a daily basis. A spokesperson for the state says contract talks are pending. Seibert says those talks have been ongoing since last June. And with more and more workers leaving this field for better-paying retail and warehouse jobs, families are struggling to find child care. Our child care workforce is in crisis, and that's something that we're definitely seeing happening now. Mariana Soto Manning is president of Chicago's Erickson Institute, a graduate school in childhood development. She says a lot of home-based child care providers, who are mostly women of color, offer longer hours, closer locations, and also what she calls culturally affirming care. She explains that as the kinds of interactions and linguistic responsiveness, the kind of food, the kinds of community connections, and most of all, the belief in the brilliance of children of color. Soto Manning says increasing wages and providing benefits for daycare operators would help address inequality. To right wrongs, to make sure that we are answerable for a historical disinvestment, we need to really think about removing barriers to access to child care that meet families' needs. And she says to help providers like Bridget Vance have a living wage and a nest egg. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. Esther is a reporter at member station WBEZ in Chicago. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.